Welcome to another episode of Get Your Shift Together. Or, as I'm feeling today, for the love of God, get your shift together. So, here's what's on my mind. Can we ever really redeem ourselves? In this day and age, can we ever really redeem ourselves? And if we can't, what are we setting ourselves up for? So, if you read the news, and look, I do my best actually not to read the news. I let it sort of filter up to me what I what I need to know because I find it really affects my mindset and my um, attitude and energy as I go out into the world and try and support people with their growth and evolution. I, you know, having taking in negative content does really affect me. So I try and limit that whenever I can. But um, as a Canadian right now, and as uh, we are in the middle of uh, an election, a kickoff to an election, it is it is filtering up fast and furious. And, and wherever you go, the follies and foibles and missteps of our politician are really front page news. And, and so I'm not going to declare who I'm voting for in this election, but what I will declare is based on what's going on on social media and in the newspapers and on our newscasts, apparently if any of our potential leaders have made a mistake in the past, they are no longer suited for office, which kind of leaves us with a teeny tiny field. And I'm just wondering if any of you um, who are listening to this have not ever made any mistakes or missteps or altered your beliefs and evolved. Are you interested in running for office? Because apparently that is what is required, a completely clean record. So let's take Justin Trudeau and the blackface scandal. Now, I'm going to go on record. I want people to hear this. Do I think it's stupid to wear blackface? Yes. Have I ever been inclined to wear blackface? No. Now, I don't know if that's because I'm so evolved and Dalai Lama-like, or if that's just because I hate dressing up for Halloween and don't do masquerade balls. I, 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 can't, I can't tell you. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really stupid. But I also think it was a really long time ago. And do I think that he is a racist. Do I think our current Prime Minister of Canada is a racist? No, I don't. Do I think he's potentially insensitive? Sure. Do I think he's blind to what other people might be feeling? Sure, of course. But do I think the man is a racist? No. And the fact that we are debating whether to vote for him or not based on masquerade parties versus our economy and our homeless and our international relations kind of means we've lost the plot line to me because I think it's obvious he's not a racist but that's that's just me now interestingly enough um, someone shared with me a video of Andrew Shear I think from from 2005 where he goes on his um, soliloquy about marriage and gay marriage and whether gay people are entitled to be married and 
essentially the essence is you can love who you love, but you're not allowed to get married because marriage is for, for procreation. And my immediate thought, if I'm completely honest with everybody, was, well, I'm never going to vote for somebody who doesn't think equality for all. I could never vote for that person. And then I thought, well, that was 15 years ago, too. Now, I don't know whether he's evolved his views on that or not. I hope he has. I will investigate whether he has. But I would like to believe that he has, but I, I'll do my research and, and, and work on that. But am I really going to decide who I'm voting for based on something that these people did 15 years ago and 20 years ago and even 10 years ago? Because I got to tell you people, I am a completely different human being than I was 10 years ago. I'm a completely different human being than I was five years ago. I've evolved baseline philosophies that I've held for years. And I do what I do because I believe people can evolve and change. And yes, that includes their core beliefs. I believe that that is possible if they're so inclined to do it. So, so what's going on with this? There's a few things. One, one thing that I'd like you to consider is, my goodness, we're all super sensitive, aren't we? Now, as a 54-year-old hormonal woman, I think I can speak pretty authentically about sensitivity. But the world at large is really sensitive, and we're seeing slights, and we're seeing malice where none exists. There is ignorance in the world beyond any of our comprehension. But ignorance is, I don't know better. And if you take the time to educate me and speak with me, hopefully after our interaction, I will know better. But how does the sensitivity to everything that people say and do serve us? So think about you in your workplace. You didn't get asked to speak at a meeting. You didn't get asked to lead a meeting. You didn't get invited to the team lunch. Your boss has one-on-ones with someone but doesn't have one-on-ones with you. People seem to speak more to each other than they speak to you. I'm trying to think of, of other examples of where people are really, really sensitive. I mean, take the man and the woman thing. The men are still going golfing and the women aren't. With no thought for what that might mean to other people and to the broader population. So... Not thoughtful, but not done with malice. And, and when we're sensitive and we react to our sensitivity, we typically are assuming that people are doing it with intention. And I have to tell you, being in the leadership business for as long as I've been in, it's rarely done with bad intention. It is often done out of ignorance but it is rarely done with bad intention. So we got to dial down the sensitivity, people. we got to dial down the playground reactions because we're grown-ups and we need to start requiring ourselves to have thoughtful, mature reactions to things that might be bothering us. Now, 
all of you who are reacting to me right now, because I can feel it. I can feel everybody going to the, I can't believe you're saying that. You don't know my experience. No, I do. So I do know your experience. I've had the experiences. I'm not saying that things get done that are not wrong. I'm not saying that sometimes we need to speak out about these things. I'm saying check your sensitivity monitor. Am I incensed by too many things? Am I the walking wounded by too many things? Dial down your sensitivity so that when you are going to deal with stuff, you're really going after what's important. So that's starting with looking in the mirror and, and, and people who work with me know that I'm a huge fan of like before we go on the attack of other people, make sure that you're looking in the mirror and saying to yourself, Am, is what I'm thinking cool? I've had some automatic thoughts about this, but is it really true what I'm thinking? Or am I simply being triggered and I need to work on a behavior or style that I have? So you will always hear me say, when you're in a difficult situation, look at self first. It's that mirror moment. Where am I causing this? What energy am I bringing to it? What assumptions am I bringing to the situation? What bias am I bringing to the situation? What sensitivity am I bringing to the situation? So that's number one. Number two, does it matter? So in my leadership coaching, out of 10 things that people bring to me to discuss, something that sort of riled them up or caused them concern or they're really twisted in a knot about it, I would say three are relevant. So 70% of the time, they're just having an emotional reaction to something. And in order to have a smoother, calmer, more peaceful, more joyful, more prosperous experience in the workplace, they need to look at the fact that 70% of the time it doesn't matter. And for those of you who are mathematicians, I can't actually quantify that. That's a gut thing, the 70-30, so don't come after me for that. Yes, it bothered you, but it doesn't mean that it's relevant to go after it and fix it. Because sometimes the things that bother us come from it's just that kind of a day, it comes from, I had a fight with somebody beforehand, or I'm tackling a particularly different project and I'm stuck, or my kids were driving me crazy, or, 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 or. So 70% of the time, as in point one, stop being so sensitive and articulate to yourself, it doesn't matter. Well, that leaves us with 30% of the time, I, you got to talk about it. It does matter, and you got to chase it. So one, look in the mirror. Two, do a self-audit and say, does it actually matter? And three, the 30% of the time when something is really triggering you and it really needs to be dealt with and you think it's a really critical thing in your workplace, an injustice, a broken process, etc., guess what? It is not up to the person who is causing you the consternation to fix it. It is not up 
to your boss to recognize that they're being an ass. It is up to you to articulate what you're feeling and thinking and recommending about the current situation. It doesn't matter how high in an organization you get, you always have a boss. Even if you're the CEO, you've got board members to report to. And so across all of the levels that I coach, which is most senior levels, so it's really funny to me because I'm talking about very senior people who are still very sensitive to the workings of other people. So you never grow out of it is basically what I'm saying. Your job when you are offended is to bring it up in a way that will serve to resolve the offense. It is not up to your boss or your board to know better. Well, he's, he's a senior vice president, so he should have known better. Or I might have just offended some of you because I should say she should have known better. Here's the point, peeps. She doesn't. She doesn't know better. And because you are on the receiving end and because you are offended by it and because you see what's broken and know how to fix it, it is up to you to use your voice in a way that isn't confrontational, but that serves to solve the issue at hand. So that means you got to pull up the depends, you got to pull up the potty training diapers and get in there and have the conversation that you don't want to have. That is for sure in the top five issues. As senior as people that I, that I coach, people still, I mean, people who are making millions of dollars a year and making critical organizational decisions still don't like to have tough conversations. One of two things will happen. They either shy away from the conversation entirely and they turtle, or they get dictatorial and just demand. Neither way solves the problem. If something, if you see something that needs to be fixed or is wrong in your organization or in your work experience, you have to find the way to courageously bring it up in a way that is problem solving, that serves to eradicate the issue, not simply make it the responsibility of the other person. Okay, I've beat on that drum way too long. My friends are probably listening to this and going, okay, Ferrari, we get it. You're beating that dead horse. Okay. Fourth point, after you've brought it up in a way that is solution-oriented, guess what your next thing is? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Listen. Listen for the response of the person without, follow me on this, people, without in your head cutting them off. Listen to what their response is. Listen to their words, listen to their tone of voice, listen to their body language more than you're listening to that little gnome in your head that's telling you, no, they're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong. Listening is a full body, mind, spirit exercise. In coaching, we call it level three listening, and most of you are barely getting level one listening done. What is the intention of the person speaking? What is the energy with which they're delivering that message? 
not simply what are the words that they're using and am I further offended by those words? Because once we're offended by somebody, once we think somebody has done something wrong, because of our unconscious bias, and sometimes conscious bias, we actually listen for more offense. We are unintentionally listening for the words and the attitudes that supports why we thought they were wrong in the first place. And people, you have now become part of the problem. If you are not listening for the meaning and the intention behind what the person is saying. And please don't listen for perfection because you are now participating in a dialogue, in an experience that has the potential to evolve you both. If you're having this conversation in the correct way, you are both going to be coming out of this conversation wiser. You are both going to be coming out of this conversation more aware. And your contribution in that is one, first, have the courage to speak up in a solution-oriented way, and second, stop speaking and listen to the other person. And as I said, listen to their words, listen to their tone, listen to their energy, and most importantly, listen to their intention. And that is what I call listening to intention versus listening to interpretation. Either your interpretation of what somebody's saying or their interpretation of what you're saying. Speak to and speak from intention. It is a game changer in your career, in your significant relationships, in your relationships with your children, in your relationships with your friends. Listen from intention, not from interpretation. And the fifth thing is reassess. So am I still offended? Is this still broken? Did the other person really not shift? Did they really not understand anything that I was saying? Which is possible. Let's be honest. We've had those conversations. We've had those peer relationships. We've had those hierarchical relationships where the person just seemingly wasn't ready to shift. And in that case, I would do a regroup and I would say, look, did I, did I speak without offense and did I really make my point? And if you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, yes, I absolutely did, then you need to reassess. How important is this to me? Is this now going against my value system and I don't like and believe and align with what the other person is doing or saying and does that there therefore require an action on my part and that's usually where we lose the plot line because what we want is for people to change their perspective and when they don't what we say is well that makes us stuck and the answer is it just means we don't like the choices that are before us but that's the podcast for for a different time when we get to making difficult choices. But the fifth element in redemption <laughs> is reassessing. Did the person shift? Did I shift? Or was no shift possible? And therefore, what choices do I need to make? So guys, 
whether it's a work situation that is making you pull your hair out or whether some mother or father on Facebook has said something that you just find reprehensible, take a breath. Take a breath before you type out your response or before you come up with that quick quip back to the person on the other end. And go through the five-point plan that I just laid out. Because, guys, we're living in a world, man, where we are just attacking each other and attacking each other on stuff that's really not relevant anymore when we've got so many things that as a society, as corporations, we need to solve. Because here's what I want you to know. When I was a teenager, I drove while I was intoxicated. Because at that time, I didn't think it was a big deal. I didn't know it was a big deal. Would I do it today? No, because I know better. I've evolved. I've grown. So I hope that people relate to me from who I am today, not the vast amount of mistakes that I've made in the past. Because, peaks, there are a lot of them. Every mistake that you possibly could make, I have made. And I hope people relate to me as the human being that I strive to be today. Strive and sometimes fall short. But I, what I want people to judge me on is, am I striving? Am I trying? Versus trying to find the places that we made mistakes. A lot of my friends often say to me, you need to run for politics. You need to run for politics. And my joke is always, well, I'd have to release a manifesto of all the things that I've done wrong in my life because they're so plentiful. And that way I would just see, save the media and, and the trolls a lot of time looking for stuff. I'm not sure there's a ton of photographs of the stuff I've done wrong, but I've done a lot of stuff wrong. So as we're attacking each other, if you take nothing else away, take the first point, which is look in the mirror. Look in the mirror at all the things that you've done wrong, even the things you've done wrong lately. If you've spoken inappropriately to people, if you've said inappropriate things, and that goes for who you are in the grocery store, who you are on the highway, and who you are in the workplace. So take a look in the mirror. It's super, super important. Well, you know what? I can't say that's the most important thing. All five points are really important. I take that back. Looking in the mirror isn't the most important. It's one of five really important things to do. So as you go into your day, I'm just going to recap those things for you. As you bring your disagreement or conflict to, to consciousness. First and foremost is that mirror moment. Where am I not getting it right? Where am I bringing something to the table? It's really, really important that we have that mirror moment. The second point is, does it matter? Of all of the things that are happening, is this a big enough injustice? Is this a big enough concern that it's really relevant to what it is that I'm trying to achieve against my vision? Number three, if your answer is a resounding yes, 
pull up the potty training pants and speak about it. Speak about it with the intention of finding a solution, not of being judge and jury about the other person's actions, thoughts, or behaviors. Bring it up with the intention of solving it. And number four, once you've done that, stop talking and listen. Listen to what the other person has to say. Listen at a level three. Listen to the words, listen to the tone, listen to the energy that the other person is speaking to you with. And then number five, reassess. Has there been a shift? Have they shifted? Has I, have I shifted? And hopefully, have we both shifted as a result of this dialogue? So that's it for today. I hope we can redeem ourselves. And in order to do so, we need to get our shift together. Thanks for listening.